In this season of Modcast, we're getting up close. Really close. We'll put humanity under the microscope and look at how things within us, on us and around us influence our personal and shared experiences. We'll consider what drives our responses to touch, to humour, relationships and our environment and look at how our connections with machines will augment and enhance our lives into the future. Get ready to go deep as we bring you Modcast Season 4, Up Close. In this episode, we're going to be taking a closer look at the physical world around us, delving deep into the spaces that we occupy and finding out how they impact us. We'll be deconstructing our physical environment to figure out who created it, how that influences us, and how it can help us as people connect. I'm Ayla Liebenberg. Join me as we get up close and take a look at Us in Place. Throughout your life, you probably don't think all that much about the many spaces you occupy every single day. You might not even begin to wonder how much these spaces influence you. Our connection to our environment and the quality of the physical world around us can impact our physical well-being, our emotions and mental health, and our productivity. Even how we feel about ourselves and others is connected with the many environments we occupy. Being a designer is not just about making things. It's actually really thinking about how do people relate to things. That's Peter Shoemaker, an industrial designer from the University of South Australia. As an industrial designer, Peter works on many innovative projects, such as creating the interiors of naval submarines. However, the most interesting aspect of Peter's work is the philosophy he applies, called human-centred design. Humans will change their behaviour when you change their environment. And so that's the thing that then makes design absolutely fascinating because you're dealing with this very complicated problem of culture, of biology, of how humans have created this technology and then inhabit it, and then trying to unpick that mystery so that then you can actually create things that are useful is fascinating. Considering how influential our environment can be to our quality of life, human-centred design has become an essential aspect of creating people-occupied spaces. And, underpinning this creative philosophy, is a deep empathy and understanding of the people you are designing for. We really need to work with the users. They start drawing on things like ethnography and anthropology and these kinds of disciplines where people go into communities and just listen. How do you work? What do you do? So they then start adopting some of these methods. So when you actually pick apart a lot of human-centred design staff, there's a lot of borrowing going on from these other disciplines, which are always just about understanding people and cultures. Aside from our basic need for food, water, safety and space, what else makes a good human environment? And what brings out the best in us as people when we operate within the world? In terms of the physical environment, of course that makes an incredible difference. But we know a lot about that. We know a lot about how a good urban environments function and the things that make our cities work really well from a structural and a transactional level. What I think we are just learning more and more about is the emotional aspects of our cities. That's Trish Hansen, the founder of Urban Mind Studio based in Adelaide. Trish, who has a background in healthcare, 
has used her experiences from her previous industry to move into the development of creative and culturally rich physical environments. I went into the arts and was employed at ArtsSA for six years as the manager of public art and design, which took me into thinking about the dignity of cities. So instead of thinking about the dignity of an individual, it was way upriver. It was thinking about the identity of a city and the stories that a city tells itself. Although not completely unlike Peter Shoemaker's approach of human-centred design, Trish focuses more on the emotional side of our physical environment and delves deeper into how societal and cultural influences mould our environment and, in turn, how our environment moulds us. I think what the physical environment is is a reflection of our thinking and our systems and our structures, which means that it will only ever be as ambitious culturally as we are. So I think if we were to look at cities that don't function well, they've been created mostly by men, for men, because when they were created, women were only out on special occasions and in certain circumstances, which means that the design of our cities, by their very nature, have a very masculine energy. Now, I don't want this conversation to be a binary one where it's a a male or a female conversation, but I think it's really about a rebalancing of masculine and feminine energy. And when we think of what that means, that's going to take us into really interesting conversations around how we even design our cities. Trish believes that the conscious action of feeling a city is a practice that urban designers have only just started to understand and honour, and it is an important step to take in creating comfortable, accessible spaces for all. Feelings of safety, belonging and connection are all crucial to the emotional and cultural well-being of people who occupy human-made spaces. However, the history of the creation of these physical environments is out of balance. We have these places that are meant to be for all of us. They really only work for some of us. And unfortunately, that aggressive masculine energy has been dominant, which means that everybody misses out. The inherent masculine energy that overwhelms our physical world is in desperate need of rebalancing. The introduction of a contrasting and complementary energy has the potential to make all humans feel better. The structures that we've created in the past will transition to something else, for good or bad, and we're in this period of an unknown. It's a rite of passage. We don't know how it's going to play out. I would like it to play out in the most utopian way, of course, where there is this rebalancing of masculine and feminine energy. Imagine how cities might be with that balance and would we have ever created cities in the first place? So as I've said before, you know, questions are invitations to conversations. Conversations are invitations to the future. The intertwining of community, culture, arts, emotions and energies into our physical world is not something many people often think of. However, Trish Hansen notes that this practice, this connection and caring for the physical environment is nothing new. This concept is something that First Nations people all around the world that I know of have known forever and still practice, which is there's this obligation to work on country, obligation to give back to the environment that nurtures us. In Australia, that caring for country goes back 60,000 years and in modern times has been approached in new ways with First Nations people embracing technology to understand the ways our Earth responds to humans, climate and more.
I've always been very interested in maps. Atlases were very interesting to me as a child. And I guess looking through and you could see like a heat map, temperature maps, different kind of maps that from one look can tell a multi-layered story. That's Marinda Barnes' father, Scott, a geographic information system analyst at Winyama, a location intelligence service based on Wujak Buja, which is Noongar Buja, Perth. Through her work at Winyama, Marinda uses modern land mapping technology to connect and record traditional land. A GIS analyst analyzes spatial data, so we use spatial data to find answers, really, and tell stories. This I use personally for land management, cultural recordings, analysis for that kind of stuff. The main thing that appeals to me and and drives me in this space would be the ability to simply tell stories, spatial stories that are so easy to consume by a variety of people from a variety of backgrounds. The importance of connecting to country and understanding our physical environment is a practice that Marinda harnesses through her work at Winyama. In addition to land mapping and location intelligence, Winyama also provides Indigenous mapping workshops to allow for those working on country to use GIS skills and modern technology to more effectively take care of traditional lands. The digitisation of documents and tending to ancestral land is also an important part of Marinda's work, and creating an accessible archive of stories and information is beginning to look like the future of traditional storytelling. From an Aboriginal perspective, we are very spatial people. Our stories, uh, the way we've travelled across our countries and pass that down through the generations is very spatial. And I think that evolution of our modern society and for Aboriginal people to use technology to continue to record those spatial things about country, whether that's sites, whether that's bush medicine, whether it's significant places as well as the mundane It's creating those multi-layered stories, but having that digital repository to maintain it. We don't live how our ancestors did constantly on country, so you don't create those relationships as easily. So being able to have these repositories makes it accessible all year round, all the time, to everyone in the community. Connecting to country and the physical environment, although perhaps only in digital form, can be a lifeline for many especially for Indigenous Australians who can no longer live on their ancestral land. Some of our old fellas, they get sick, they can't be on country. That's another way for them, you know, they might end up in a capital city and never be able to return to country due to health problems. They can use that digital repository to connect to country, to look at the places that they were taken to as kids and had seen their whole life. For many people, the physical environment isn't merely the spaces they occupy, but it signifies so much more. Genuine connection to our physical world can mean connection to tradition, ancestry and community, which are all crucial aspects of everyone's lives. Maintaining those connections to family, to country, to language, to culture is important for people to be a healthy being. The physical world we live in is a complex, communal and culturally rich space. It influences how we feel, what we think, how we act and even who we are. This is why moving forward into a more artificial world, we need to recognise the importance of culture, arts and energies as we strive to create human-centred spaces to live and thrive in for the rest of our lives. I'm Ayla Liebenberg. Thank you for joining us here at Modcast for the final episode of our fourth series, Up Close.
Us in Place is one of four episodes in Modcast Season 4, Up Close. This episode was produced by Ayla Liebenberg. Our series senior producer is Sarah Martin from Radio Adelaide Podcast Works. Thanks to Peter Schumacher, Trish Hansen and Marinda Bansfather-Scott for their insights in this episode. Thanks also to Diana Newchurch, Lisa Bailey, Claudia Vonderborch and Natalie Kafora for additional series support and resources. Our theme music for this series is Hedda Gabler by Belinda Jellett, played by Zephyr Quartet. Modcast Season 4 Up Close is presented by MOD at University of South Australia and is linked to an online exhibition which you can find at mod.org.au.